Welcome to Never End the Story, a rewatch podcast where we watch the movies of our childhood, along with Tepper, a grown man who's never seen them before. I'm your host, Ivan, one of two. I'm Chris, and I am the Mountain Man. I'm Spencer, and I'm two eggs short of a dozen. And I'm Tepper. Somebody poke the trunk. You might be out of oxygen. <laughs> it's a trick. I told you we were supposed to put holes in it. <laughs> this week we'll be watching War Games, directed by John Badham, released in 1983. The writer's main inspiration for the character of Professor Stephen Falcon was Cambridge professor Stephen Hawking. Uh, Hawking was originally approached to appear in the movie, but he declined because he didn't want the producers exploiting his disability. Chris and Spencer brought this movie to us this week. Why? Computers. <laughs> yeah. Especially like the kind where you have to pick up a phone and put it on another thing and then like the female lead is all like, what's that? And you're like, the internet. Hmm. Or like I'm hacking into my grades. <laughs> it's classic. I've heard. What about yourself, Chris? Uh, I feel like I had the opposite sort of uh, trajectory uh, and life with technology that Spencer had. Uh, whereas, like, I'm fairly certain my father showed me this movie to convince me that, that machines are evil. And um, it worked. <laughs> so he's like, look at the awful destruction that can be wrought by machines. Whereas for me, it was like, look at the awful destruction that can be wrought by machines. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's rad. That's horrifying. <laughs> At the same time. One small child was able to threaten the geonuclear balance. Don't spoil the whole movie. Oh, come on, I already basically know everything. Hey, now. We gotta... Get, All -Star. get your game on. Sing all of All-Star now. <laughs> the pact compels us. But every time they say, hey, now, you gotta go 10% faster. Does anyone else have a personal connection to this film? You seem to... You know an amount of the cultural relevance. Uh, so, like, at least for me... There's the famous line from this movie of the only way to win is to not play. And, like, it's a really good line. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That 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 line's just stuck with me. Um, I know that, like, we're going to find this out literally in the next segment, but, like, isn't that line on the cover? I don't know. I've never seen the cover. You'll find out. I don't, I don't know anything about a computer... Um, but in my memory, this movie's fairly, like, it's not as crazy as, there are other hacker movies that are actually, like, you can hack cars to make them blow up and stuff. Oh, I was thinking the, the core? Oh, the, the dude the... hacks the planet? <laughs> okay, but the core is about <laughs> shooting a nuke into the middle of the planet to Yeah, that just has a hacker. It. It's an action yeah, movie with, yeah, ha exactly. with okay. a hacker as opposed to a hacker movie. Like, okay, yeah, I see. If anything, you should be more mad about Independence Day. I've actually never <laughs> seen Independence Day. It's well, on the list. Your belts. At least it is now. Uh, uh, put it on the list. I, I, I've seen two scenes from Independence Day. One is... I gotta give me one of these? No. Uh, Welcome to Earth. Okay. Punch. Two, the dog escaping an explosion? 
I haven't really seen Independence yeah. Day. So anyway, to there's a dog in that movie that it escapes a, a thing it shouldn't have escaped. And then also, I think they, like, hack the aliens or something like that with, like, a virus. Hmm. It's a Will Smith movie. What movie was, or what year was this released in again? Uh, 83, I think I said. Hmm. Yep. Uh, I myself, I've seen this. It was definitely on television, but I believe I actually saw the whole thing in one sitting. But that might be a lie. We are now showing Tepper the poster for the movie. Uh, please describe the poster and tell us what you think it, the movie's about, beyond what you already know it to be about. That is a rad poster. Yeah, it really is. Fuck. Mm -hmm. This movie's fucking rad. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, uh, a little low resolution for the poster, but... Yeah, it's a poster from the 80s. Yeah... It's the appropriate resolution for this poster. Yeah, thankfully, like, you can tell what's happening and you can read the text. Um, okay, uh, actually getting to it, though. Um, kind of in the, in the background of the poster is, uh, like, a Pentagon war room, all, like, the big uh, strategic maps of, like, the world, lines and stuff representing, like, missile strikes and, like, all, all that kind of stuff. You've seen it in movies before, I'm sure. And then, yeah, there's, like, a whole bunch of guys sitting behind old-school computer screens in that room. And then below that is just, like, pure darkness. And it says, is it a game or is it real? And then there's um, a kid sitting at a computer that has two other faces on it and some more, like, lines and maps. Uh, it's reflecting there are two faces looking at the screen. Oh, shit, It's hard, you're it's hard right. to see the second person. Yeah, I thought he just had, like, a crazy 80s haircut. No, that's just a person. He might be a whole face. <laughs> that is a yeah. crazy haircut. <laughs> yeah. There was a worse saturation version of this, but it was more apparent that there was two people. I which see. Which is the main reason I know. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. And then in red, it just says, like, war games at the bottom. It's it's a cool looking poster. I like it. Yeah. Uh, I, I I guess like this is the part where I talk about what I think happens. So, kid hacker, um, gets into some like the uh, military system or whatever. Finds an AI that wants to play a game with him, and then realizes that uh, the game's a little bit more real than he thought. Um. And then the AI, close to the end, realizes that the only way to win nuclear war is to not play. Leading to, like, the famous line in this movie. And then there's obviously going to be, like, probably like a love interest of some kind, an old professor, some military men, probably some with some really stupid ideas, like kill the kid or something like that. You know. Clearly, the love interest I is know. hair face. We kill the child. <laughs> He's obviously in love with his hair. Uh, like, like there's been enough movies where it's like, it's like we should do the smart thing, military man. What if I solve this with explosions and nukes? It's like, yeah, man. every Godzilla movie. Yeah, yes. Can yeah. we nuke him yet? Uh, please, <laughs> please don't say this. What if we? What if now we nuked him? Yeah. 
All I know is that nuclear radi- radiation caused this problem, and nuclear radiation is going to solve it. It's actually kind of, that's probably what I love about Armageddon, and I'm pretty sure the core is that they're like, it's like, can we nuke it? And somebody's like, yes. <laughs> it's like this is the solution, and it will be our first. Well, and, and, and both times, it's let's drill the nukes into the thing and then blow it up. Like, Man, yeah, let's watch the core. <laughs> I really want to watch the core. I, okay, like yeah. I, it's, I've never seen it's the core so start to finish. Ooh, I saw I've, it in theaters. Ooh, I, nice. It's such an. It's just like such a notable bookend on that like entire genre of movie that we got for like three years. Well, do you remember yeah. how great like the mid to late nineties were? They were so good that all our movies were about how the world was going to end. We yeah. were so happy that, like, everything was like, weather will kill us. No, a meteorite will kill us. Yeah. And ha- and they all have mousy white boy hacker. His name is Rat in that movie, I believe. And there, there was another one. I remember my mom gave me some, like, disaster movies at one point, And it was like, yeah, like Armageddon. Deep Impact? <sighs> yes. That was oh, the one I was Deep thinking Impact. of. Because I'll always remember the scene from the movie where one of the main characters stands on the beach with her dad as, like, the waves approaching. And, like, that was pretty good. Um, Alright. Time to start our tenth podcast where we just watch disaster movies. Uh, day After Tomorrow. I watched the shit out of that movie. I've seen that so many uh, times. Yeah. Same. I watched that so many my, times. On the tip of my tongue. My high school science teacher thought that was a science movie, so we used to watch it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Man, shout out to Miss Novogratz. You let me watch a lot of movies. So look, there has to be science in science fiction. It's, it's about weather. What do you want? Here's a completely fictionalized account of what could happen with global warming. Sped up a lot. <laughs> with ice wolves. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, like, one of the best parts of that movie is when, like, underwater New York... Uh, frozen over with like packs of wolves roaming all over the place like that that whole sequence on the tanker when they're getting the medicine and like yeah the wolves are chasing them like that was cool I wanted to know where those wolves came from <laughs> like I was literally just about to say I love the idea that like the only thing keeping the wild <laughs> wolves at bay out of New York City was like the temperate weather <laughs> they've been the whole time they've been <laughs> they've been biding their time the warming rolls in and they're just like yeah, yeah. Go rolls in, and they're just like, "Finally, our time." <laughs> Wolves rise up. Uh but yeah, yeah. Like where the yeah, where the fuck did they come from? Central Park. They've been zoo. hanging out, building <laughs> yeah. a society in Central Park. Global warming comes. They're like, "Yes, the humans will fall." <laughs> Finally, <laughs> new, our new wolf society yeah. will rise in their place. The age of the wolf. <laughs> It's just it's just all the like pets that were left behind, like poodles and stuff, with a couple layers of frost. Yeah, it's like that uh, myth about how pigs morph into boars. That's the wolves. Like if you have a chihuahua, as soon as the yep. world ends, it it immediately morphs into a four foot at the shoulder fucking wolf. Okay, I I would play either like a pen and paper RPG or a video game of just survive global warming in new york with packs of wolves and shit running around to try to kill you there's uh, a joke i always remember in john hodgman's first book where he repeatedly tells you not to steal his movie idea for all animals versus all humans 
<laughs> Which would be fantastic. That would be crazy. <laughs> My money's on the animals. Sorry, guys. Oh, yeah. Well, there was a, there was a music video. Um, I remember watching one time of just, like, the first half of the music video is um, animals being killed by, like, poachers and stuff like that. And then the animals start killing the humans. <laughs> uh, it's pretty good. All right. We'll see you after the film. What are you doing? Dialing into the school's computer. And we're back. So, what did everyone think? That was really good. Like, really, really good. Mm-hmm. I would... Yeah, that movie fucks. Uh, I can say with confident, I, confidence, I've only seen probably the last, like... 20 minutes of that movie previously (laughs) but basically that's the whole movie so yeah so this movie start to finish is really good there's no real weak points for me like i there wasn't really ever a scene where i was like bored or thought was really unnecessary uh it all flowed into each other really well Uh, a lot of funny good moments also like like whole wide range of emotions from up and down um this movie go ahead i was gonna say i definitely think like the weak point of this movie is probably the characters like they're not bad but they're definitely like here to hold the magic orb of plot that they're going to carry throughout the, the film uh, a, a couple of them do, although there's a bit more depth. Like, so the main character I really like, because, man, he can just not help himself. <laughs> I'm in this office. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to play with this computer. Like, bud. Uh, but, like, he's, he's also... He's addicted. He's addicted to gaming. Yeah, well, and, like... I empathize a lot with this character. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but, like, I find him really interesting, where it's like, yeah, like, he did the whole trick with the, um... With the lock on the, uh, on the door when he was, um, uh, in the infirmary or whatever. Yeah, it's a good good thing he found all those Soviet spy manuals, otherwise someone might mistake him for a Soviet spy. <laughs> uh... The, like, the professor was fine. Um, the general was actually pretty good. Like, I, I, I thought they would lean, like, in a lot of these movies, it's just, they are a moron right up until the very end. Think, uh, uh, like, Die Hard 2 security, um, security captain. Like, just boneheaded stupid. But this guy was, like, like, a lot of the time with the information that he had he made decisions that were reasonable. Um, I liked it. I liked the general. Yeah. Honestly, I was, I was watching it upstairs with, with Garrett and I was saying to him like, man, can you imagine the fucking, I told you so boner this guy is going to have for like the rest of his entire (laughs) life. Yes. When cell phones come out, he's going to be like, really? Cell phones, (laughs) a pager, two days for, what he said was going to happen to, to, to literally worst case happen. And he also had, like, I love his, like, I'd be fine with, like, pissing on the wires if that would solve this problem. Like, it's like, oh. Yeah. Love oh, his little country well, witticisms. 
the delightful the uh the computer specialist who wasn't uh like whoever the assistant of Fal- Falcon was uh, oh, yeah. he at least has job security in that the general will never let him go so he can always make fun of him for it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> hey remember that time I called you a moron and I was right <laughs> just over and over again for the rest of that dude's life Also, I can't think of anything more ruthless than when somebody goes like, fuck you, you fucking pig, to turn to them and go like, you know, I expected more out of you, a man of your education. (laughs) Yeah, like, damn. And also, like... That's ruthless. And, like, deserved. Like, that dude... And, like, kind of playful, you know? Like, he's, you know, he's like, he's a military guy, he's used to getting... You know, you want to butt heads with him, he's like, well, f- well fuck you. He's been chewed out before. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Somebody's called him a fucking pig many times in his life, so he he, he rolls over that speed bump. Oh, man, this weekend he's going to get on an ATV and shoot so many animals and feel <laughs> great about himself. <laughs> Meanwhile, that guy's going to go home to his not-wife and be sad. And, like, <laughs> legit, he, he actually fits into the archetypical mold of what you expect the military guy to be while having almost none of the negative qualities associated with that. Like, he's not brash or dickish or, like, wrong at all. And that's what I was saying is, like, that's one thing I appreciate about this movie is that they didn't fall into the, like, super cliche cardboard cutout general in these types of movies where right up until the very end or even past the very end they're still like no no nukes that that'll do it like and they could have easily tried to do something like that in this movie but they chose not to which i definitely appreciate because god i've seen that shit way too many times i wouldn't even call it an anti-war movie it's like an anti-nuclear war movie yes but it's very like fair to the military in general. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it really seems to be like an anti-computerization movie. If any, like if this movie wants to co- convince you about the perils of anything, it's the perils of hooking up computers to bombs. <laughs> yeah. Why do we? Why does the first like we've invented AI? Let's hook it up to bombs. <laughs> it's the military. They aren't exactly known for being super smart with that kind of stuff. This movie is just actually anti-Matthew Broderick near electronics. <laughs> just, it's a PSA. Don't let him near your electrical devices. I also really like that, like, the, the electronics in the movie are pretty on point for the era. Yes. Like, that security system where, like, he records the sounds that the numbers punch in and plays it back, like, there's, like, a 50-50 chance that that's how that worked 50 years ago, or, like, 40 years ago. Oh, cool. I was going to ask about that. Now the big like the the sun computer that like blows up um, panels and stuff that's that's not real, right? Yeah, that's crazy. Okay. <laughs> also, fun fact: if the computer is cycling through uh, uh, thirty six digits and it has to choose ten of those, and it was going at the yeah. speed it's going at, it would not take that long to <laughs> I love- like. Like, it's not just guessing random numbers, it would just guess sequentially. Well, also, it needs to... It's just like, oh no, I need to guess the launch code for all of the missiles. The singular launch code. Just like how Joshua was a backdoor password into into the computer itself. There's just a backdoor launch code into all the missiles. I will say, though, I really like the way they established the premise of, like... We need to hook a computer up to the missiles because we keep testing these guys and they won't blow up the Soviets. Well, and and you see, like, that... 
because like like talking about this movie is like like what does it stand for the futility of large-scale nuclear war definitely is like a pretty obvious one um and like the hesitation of people to carry that out like that dude everything was there and he was just second guessing of like no i need someone on the phone to say that yes this thing is happening or we ain't doing it and like that's a thing that has happened uh there's the famous case of the soviet officer who was like hmm uh this this might be fake let's like double check this uh there's been more than a couple times where like there was a computer glitch and i can't remember the year but during the cold war uh where they were like cheaping out on some computer parts and all of a sudden they had like what appeared to be soviet bombers off uh the west coast luckily they didn't you know start world war three but like stuff like that has happened like it is something based in reality and, and that's the for me the most interesting thing about this movie is um it's so central to like it is so connected to the time period that it's made in of like i don't think a movie like this could really be remade like it, it, in the same way that uh like i was thinking about this like 1984 could almost never be made in a different time period like it couldn't be like if you put george orwell in the world today he couldn't write that like it was so specific to what was happening in that period of time capturing it so well um but at the same time the lessons learned or like the ideas imparted in those books are universal like you can bring them over anything where it's like yeah, large-scale, like, weapons of mass destruction is a lose-lose game. Like, no one wins. Uh, in the same sense that, like, 1984 is our go-to for, like, censorship and dictatorship and authoritarianism is bad. Um, this movie's really good. Wow. Yeah, like... Wow, we got Tepper on all his things. I feel like we could have cut maybe 10 to 15 minutes maybe like we didn't need to see the helicopter chase them around yeah. for a full 60 seconds i i could have used like, if, like um you know like a little bit more like anything like i i understand what you're saying the characters and i think you like the main characters were very hollow like yeah like he's we're only really supposed to care about them because yeah. they're there matthew broderick's like kind of a computer sociopath um, Ali Sheedy is likes his dog. Girl, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> likes his dog. They've been there. Yeah, I, I would say Broderick. He doesn't feel that hollow. Every other character around him does. Like he, he's at least interesting and fun to like watch. She's just kind of. We need a female lead. Like, it's good. Probably good for our sales numbers. Like she could have basically be cut out of this movie and nothing would change. The thing that I do want to say about her character is, like, with regards to the romance subplot, I felt like that progressed at a fairly natural pace and, yeah. like, kind of, like, hit hit its rhythm at the right time. Like, I thought that if they made out on the boat, no dice. Mm. When he, like, when he, that, like, not an appropriate moment. He, he kind of, like, touches her face and he's like, what, what is woman? <laughs> what is this? Well, and, like... He, he clearly is horrified by the idea that he's going to bring about the destruction of the human race and is like, 
preoccupied. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, it's, it's interesting, like, how, compared to most movies, this is very light on the, uh, like, what do I want? Uh, uh, sexual tension. Uh-huh. Like, like, she walks into his room and he's shirtless and, like, like they spend a lot of time in his room and there's never like it's like there's a girl in my room and this is high school this is awful yeah no he's fucking his computer instead but yeah. did you think there was like any chemistry there like i mean like she in, she in was Ferris- definitely flirting the whole time yeah i guess that's true for me the two of them represented more like the the anxiety of nuclear war <laughs> and it's effect what its effect would be upon them like like it's crystallized in the well, yeah, you don't care because you're already dead, old man. But guess what? I'm only 17 years old, and I'm gonna go out in nuclear fire. Like, fuck you. Oh man, like that—that's if... that's what their relationship basically was. Maybe you'll live long enough to have a child and lose it. <laughs> yeah, that was a brutal line. So Jeff got home from work right as we were there on that scene, and um, he's like what are you guys watching? And I'm like, war games. And he goes like, why does that guy have so many dinosaurs? And I'm like, he's the man who invented the computer that's going to destroy the world and he has an extinction fetish. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, on the the topic of removing some minutes. Should have added more minutes of the pterodactyl. Oh, man. Are either of you a paleontologist? No, we're high school students. Oh. (laughs) Why? Get off my property. Can you imagine that one of them goes, yeah, how did you know? (laughs) I dressed in my street clothes today. <laughs> oh, man. I heard there were some pterodactyls over here. People are going crazy. Also, the, the British way of asking you to leave. You can sleep on the floor. Because <laughs> of stairs. That was ice cold. You can stay here if you want. Yeah, the last transit is gone. You can stay on the floor if you want. Yeah. You're welcome to stay. You can sleep on the floor. That's yeah. what it was, yes. <laughs> and like doesn't go to get him blankets or anything just goes like dismissed yeah. and like turns and walks away yeah now now that the last fairy's gone yeah so like in terms of removing part like i guess there's like a little bit of like the romance that could be removed like like there's like 15 or 20 or 30 seconds in a couple different parts that could probably be removed but more than anything two hours feels long I don't know. I thought this ended. This movie basically ended exactly when I thought it should end. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, like I had no issue. I did not feel like it overstayed its welcome. Uh, the only more the, Galaga. The the only real scene that I thought was like a little overdone was the helicopter. Other than that, like I was basically down with everything. Um, I, I will say it's um the aesthetic of this movie. Like that, that 60s, like cold, like 60s, 70s Cold War atmosphere is so good. Like, it's I, I, Iron Giant nailed this as well. Um, and then, of course, Stranger Things taps into this kind of thing so heavily. Like, it's very clear that, like, whoever made Stranger Things, they obviously watch war games. Uh, oh, fuck. Oh my god, I never thought about Stranger Things in the context of the Cold War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like, like, oh, see, secret oh, government, duh. secret government installation, like that, that era Plus, of the white Especially the, the later seasons make it very obvious. Uh, like, <laughs> no, I've, only, I've only seen the first season. The Reagan years, MK Ultra, like all the experiments the CIA was running. 
Um, like it's all got like a. Uh, like even like a lot of the military base, like the high fences, the uh, like the the guards, the style of the uniform, the like vaults, and just all these. Well, different... the whole the whole opening sequence, it's very good. Yes, it's very good the way that sets that up of like yes. you don't know who these two random military guys are, and then they're signing in, they're getting mm-hmm. a, they're getting fucking guns. Yeah, do they get guns? Uh, in real life, life? I, w- I don't know. I wanted to ask. That was a lose-lose for that guy. He couldn't turn both keys if he shot that guy. Well, like, I wanted to ask. That was a test. Did he shoot him? Was it a real bullet? (laughs) No, because uh, uh, the guy who would have gotten shot was uh, one of the guys who stood and forlornly watched as they took the chairs out of his old place of work. Oh, okay. Yeah, and also, like... Yeah, he was there. Yeah. Um, But, yes, this... (sighs) It's this movie just it's difficult for me to like explore like there's so many thoughts and like a lot of this stuff I kind of want to sleep on as well. Like the a like when. Okay, you know what? Crystal clear thoughts. The sound effects in this movie are incredible. Uh, The sounds when the missile strikes are hitting on the map. Very Mm. satisfying. Uh, The hums of the computer. (sighs) Yeah, this the printer. Yes. The printer. The printers. Uh, you know, um, you know, on like his computer terminal, the like yeah. sound that it makes when it like prints text. That's fucking real. Um, the the thing he's doing, his uh, robot where machine. he just tell, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I believe it was called war dialing, where you're just trying to like brute force your way into various computer systems, exactly like like one of the cool things about this movie is obviously other than the fact that like they didn't build an artificially intelligent machine and give it control of the nuclear weapons and then give it a public phone line. <laughs> Sounds like, well, the phone company like failed that. them. Load of crock. I, I like how they threw that in there to like justify having a phone. And I'm like, this is, this is not their fault. <laughs> like that. There is no reason that thing needs to be hooked up to the outside world at fucking all. Yeah. So like one thing to understand is, um, Think about how incompetent the military is, and then understand that it's even more incompetent than you think, especially the United States military, basically through its entire existence. Maybe the only time it was truly competent was World War II. Like, like truly competent. Um, like, you mean, like, as a whole? As or? a whole, yeah. I'm not surprised at all. Like, like if, if in real life you told me, yeah, we hooked up, we accidentally, like, hooked up our nuclear missile system to a public phone line, I'd go like, yeah, I could believe that. I mean, the service provider just kept forcing the bundle on them. <laughs> like, it was just way cheaper than just taking the yeah, phone line. Yeah. Well, I was sent here to, like, install phone. We don't need phones. It's like, well, like, I was sent here to install phone, man. Ah, oh, fine. Just install the fucking phone. <laughs> Uh, I also like how they don't die when they decide to drive the Humvee through two fences. Oh, yeah. Kind of seems like that's an easy way to die. Yeah. Oh, that that was not an intended scene. That was an accidental crash. <laughs> no way. What? Yeah. Wow. Oh, fuck. That's fucking amazing. That, that actually makes that so much better that they're just like, I, I, I guess we're down a Humvee, so I guess they drove through the fence? Damn. 
Like, that is the most Dungeons and Dragons movie decision that I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, they were expecting it to go through the fence. Not actually get stuck in the fence. Oh, I see. And they're like, well, we're keeping it in. Now they have to run down this hallway. Yeah, I was I was watching them do that and just being like, I bet you guys regret making this stupid long hallway now, don't you? <laughs> Ain't no need for this tunnel to be this long. <laughs> also, like, a lot of random personnel are just like, well, I guess I stay on this side of this I, door, right? I was thinking that, too. I'm like, wow, it must <laughs> suck to be those fucking guys. God damn. <laughs> I have to guard the outside of the bunker. <laughs> Everybody who works at NORAD is so amazingly workaday. Like, they're all just like, hey, Jim, hey, Bob, how's it going? That, oh, you know, it might blow up the world today. And they're like, oh, you. That rang true to, like, real military people that I know. They're like, you know, it's a job, or um, or they're way into it, like the general, or they're, like, complete uh, nerds. So, like, just, like, the scene at the cabin. It's like, I made this, this uh, I made this perfect learning machine uh, teaching its war strategies. I just never got around to executing the tic-tac-toe uh, program. He, 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 he seemed confused in his, like, I miss my son, so I'm going to build a computer that's my son, and well, then I'm going to teach my son. It seems the precursor of that computer already existed, because I think his son was playing games against it? Unsure. Yeah, I thought he was playing games against it. Well, like, it shows a scene with a kid playing tic-tac-toe on a computer, so presumably against the computer, but not 100% clear. But, yeah, I guess just, like, somehow Whopper, or a.k.a. Joshua the second, just never actually played tic-tac-toe. Because it seems to be a pretty easy solution. He's like, never learned futility. It's like, well, maybe if you had just done the thing you said would have worked. Also, it seems like if that guy could have taught anyone anything, it would have been futility. <laughs> he seemed to have really mastered futility by the time that we discovered his character. It was such a weird, like, why Why was he allowed to just waltz onto that military base and, like, do whatever he wanted? And, uh, and he would, like, the whole time he's, like, winking and smirking, like, I, I could have done that, but... I, I, <laughs> yeah, that was kind of weird. He's just yeah. like, I'll, I'll teach the next person who's going to make a, a doomsday machine uh, some, some early lessons, some hands-on experience. So I missed a little bit of the helicopter scene. Obviously, it's somebody from NORAD. Who who was it and why? It was him. Yeah. So he the he called NORAD to pick them up in a helicopter. No, 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 no. When he's oh, running around going, helicopter? what kind of an asshole lives on an island and doesn't have a boat? Uh, it's the kind of asshole who has a helicopter. <laughs> yeah. But there was there was a fourth person in that helicopter. I'm pretty sure there was. There? I'm pretty sure there was a pilot that was not uh, Falcon. That's his husband. I we, we just we didn't have any scenes with him. It's, All right. It's um, a, it's I could have sworn that it was Falcon flying the helicopter. I I was pretty sure I saw two people. In like four people in total in the helicopter, but anyway, when, when they're in the Humvee, there's a there's a military yeah, guy. Yeah, there's definitely a military guy driving. The, so like he presumably like while flying his helicopter, three a three hour plane flight back to to NORAD, he just gets on a call with NORAD's receptionist and like arranges all this. 
Because she's like ready at the gate with with their uh, with their visitor passes. Look, look up this man. You'll see that he died in 1973. <laughs> I'm him. I've been busy on Pterodactyl Island, but now I'm coming back. I would just like my security clearance back, please. Yes, those guys. Do. Please have a Humvee waiting for me. Now that the world is ending, I would like to come back. Since you're at your highest oh, DEFCON. Or, or more like, I have information that may stop the world from ending. Let me in. I also, like, the computer has the launch codes. Don't worry, it can only launch at DEFCON 1. Go to DEFCON 3, then. Yeah, that was like, I was like, Let's ah. get down there. <laughs> Holy shit. Did it lock in changes to DEFCON? Presumably. Uh, because... Like, yeah, yeah, Defcon, go back to Defcon 2. Yeah, like, they never tried to reduce the de- the Defcon, but... Well, they were also, like, they explained it in the movie that the Soviets on are, are on edge because the United States nearly launched fighters loaded with nuclear yeah, warheads. Yeah, but, like, because it's trying to get the code so it can launch the missiles, but it can only do it at Defcon 1. So yes. if they could have just been like, it has the code, we're at Defcon 2. And it's like, but, well... But also, like... Tepper, we could have changed the light to say DEFCON 2 and just kind of like all put our fingers on our noses and known that we're yeah. all at DEFCON 1. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, well, like, so the thing is, he knew that the that the computer was trying to get them to DEFCON 1. Yeah. No one else knew. Because yeah, he told like, them at the terminal. Because, like, they were trying everything to, ha- to get into the machine to stop it while it was trying to get the code. But it had been established that if they weren't at DEFCON 1 then the missiles couldn't be launched. And they never actually showed them trying to go back to DEFCON 2 or any number. Okay, yeah. Like, that's just the thing. It's just, like, a semantic argument. Yeah, I... I, Yeah, it just kind of seems like they had a built-in kill switch that they never tried. Or the computer took control. I don't know. Like, I feel like you can justify... You can can justify it. Yeah, yeah, that's why it's Look, semantic. I would have been more upset if the movie had taken another 20 minutes to explain to us <laughs> why going to DEFCON 2 didn't work than just yes. kind of, like, rolling over the fact that, like, we're, it didn't work. Don't worry yeah, about it. Yeah, exactly. The solution is tic-tac-toe. We're, go to DEFCON 2. We're trying. we got to find it with this helicopter. Um, the A lot of the over... Uh, the military people that we only hear through voice were very obviously voice actors because they were like going for it. Like they all sounded like radio DJs. Oh man, the the uh, F sixteen pilot. <laughs> oh, whisper into my ear. Fuck. I actually like the the uh, the woman who was doing the missile uh, countdown. Like very good job. Like just like oh, this yeah. is clearly why you have this job. Thirty seconds to impact. Oh yeah, no, she she she's. Like, when they build the next Starship Enterprise, she's doing the computer voice for it. Yeah, exactly. You you just expect that to be, like, an automated voice, but no, that's just her. Yeah, it's it's so good. Same with uh, the guy at the third base, who's like, he's like, the commanding officer's not in right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, the oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was good. Uh, uh, it's just me. Everyone's on lunch. <laughs> I like that guy a lot. Very Spencer character. Interesting uh, uh, point, too, is um, there's almost no antagonist to this movie. Like, obviously, we're trying to stop the computer, but the computer isn't villainous. No. Yeah, I was going to well, bring well, like, that up the, the when we get to Tepper's the, Tops. Uh, the computer is the antagonist in the sense of, like, he's trying to start nuclear war, but he's not the, the villain. 
It's very relatable. Yeah, yeah. The, the the computer is like the force that we're trying to stop in the story, but like yeah, you're right, not villainous. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get we can get more into that when we try to choose a villain for Tepper's Tops. I mean I would say the computer's still fine for that, but we'll talk about it later. Uh I'm just going through some of our comments on the video. Um that principle was indeed very thick. Oh yeah, 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 very yeah. thick. That was Huge it. Ass. Oh that my was an God. ass of yeah. kings. Like, yeah. Sorry, students, if you can't hear the announcements over the clap of my. <laughs> um, Can you hear we're the pretty sure that the casting call for that principal's like like role was like human thumb. <laughs> Well, it, the way his spine came out, like, at a 90-degree angle from his hips, such that his stomach and his ass, like, both jutted out, it was They actually impressive. did such a good job of casting this movie. Yes. yes. Like, the general guy, he screamed general- Oh, I almost forgot. You remember when he goes to the game studio and he meets the nerd people? Yes, yeah. I was gonna bring he, that he's up. He's, like, the one nerd guy under the table and the other guy comes out. Remember when I told you I would tell you if you were being rude? Well, you're being rude right now. I can't believe that that person has that level of self-awareness. That he's like, no, this is genuinely a problem and I'd like you to help me with it. <laughs> but, like, that whole, like, that line was just perfect of, like, you're an asshole right now. Fucking stop it. The skinny glasses guy is Mandar. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, you you made that comment of like I'm gonna go blow up Dexter's lab or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that was my comment. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Once again, I've attributed a comment to someone I, else. Uh, it's ha ha ha. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. Ah ha ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> I love how much he just looks like his character Mandark. Yeah. The um, the teacher in the beginning. I think, Chris, you had the comment, that dude killed himself at the lunch hour. I'm assuming that he was got about him. roasted. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Like, I could... Why, why would you... in God's name, would you ask a high school student, what do you think about asexual production? <laughs> like, I guess, like, quantum theory suggests that in some universe they do answer that question, but there's so many more where they say, your mom... <laughs> Well, especially immediately after publicly announcing people who failed the test. Yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly! Hello, I'm Mr. Hubris. I'm here to teach you biology. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, the hacker music and, like, the soundtrack in general in this movie is very good. It's so on it, point. It's, it's on point of that era, but at the same time, it aged pretty well. Oh yeah, like like no, there was there's very... no point where I was like, oh man, this this doesn't sound great. Like, this is a very interesting time, like contiguous to the making of this movie, where like all all of that music is cool again now. Yes, like, and um, also we are uh, we also have a hysteria about AI. Yeah, like well, the... well, uh, Stephen Hawking, he one of his things. I remember seeing like some news articles where he goes like, "Yeah, AI are going to be the thing that kill fucking kills us." Um, like that's what he thought at least. I'm no expert in AI, so I don't know if that will be the thing that kills us. But, but no, you're right. It's it's actually weirdly orthogonal to like our contemporary desires and concerns. Well, and like Stranger Things. Uh, made like brought this era kind of back to an extent of like 
people think it's awesome, <laughs> or at least certain people think it's awesome. Uh, that style. Of Honestly, music, I think that like, a lot of old video game stuff has been doing it too. Yeah, old video games are hot right well, now. We need to go back to floppy disks that were actually floppy. <laughs> well, I, I like how hey, like man, they're... Uh, at the at the archive I work at, we've got tons of fucking floppy disks. <laughs> oh baby, <laughs> no, no, better dump those things yeah, fast. That's the Commander Keen archive. Man, uh, works. Chris, Chris, and I were. I think it was yeah. I think you were there for that as well, Spencer. Like we were talking about the. Like, discs and floppy disks don't last very long. Yeah, talk about last week while, while the Sonic Japanese OVA was playing in the background. <laughs> yes. This is how we live our lives. Very aesthetic. Um, that was actually a remarkably good anime. Yeah. yeah. Surprisingly good. <laughs> For being Sonic the Hedgehog. Australian <laughs> Knuckles. Well, yeah, very much. Australian Knuckles is my Knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> so, donate to the wildfire. <laughs> <laughs> I've been all over the subterranean parts of Sky City looking for koalas. Fuck. Oh, boy. Oh. Our hearts go out. Um. Yeah, the, uh, I'm just going through some more of our our comments. Um, his parents? They're very parent that don't particularly care. It, to be honest, <laughs> like, I feel like his parents could not show up. Would Like, they could entirely remove the parents from this movie and, like... They were a caricature of parents. They were yeah. there to make, you, make, make him relatable because all they did was yell at him. All they did was, like, David, David... They're the reason he terminated the connection the first time. Yes. Yeah. That is the only role they play in this film. I gotta say, though, like, accurate when it's like, like, I'll be down in a minute. No, right now. It's like, oh, man, I've heard that before. (laughs) Yeah, like, they they could have been replaced by just the sound of the dog knocking over the garbage can. Yeah. And 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 a kid who slightly cares. And then they wouldn't have needed to be in the film. But... The mother's interaction with the husband, though, about the uncooked corn. Oh, that's was so gonna... good. Okay, the white, white bread fucking cover it in butter and then yep. use that to apply the butter to just like. That's just. I fucking. I why? so swiftly transitioned from disgust to amazement. Yeah. Like, I wasn't. Ch- I was like, that is too much butter. And then I saw him put it on the corn and I'm like, Genius. You, you were. You. You were born before your time. Also, but, like, did she just, like, mildly heat the corn then? Like, how was it melting onto the... I, I, anyway. I don't know. This is just... Uh, with regards to that scene, hashtag 10 minutes shorter. <laughs> uh, I did I did tell Shauna during that, though. Like, I have had many dinners identical to that one. <laughs> like, exact food items. <laughs> Oh, no what? one putting quite that much butter on their bread, but definitely buttered Get, bread and corn. Getting that vitamin A. Uh, tr- I'd rather take pills and have cooked corn. Like, <laughs> yeah, just... That was some weird character development for the parents who do not matter at all when like, we could have uh, uh, spent a couple of minutes having a, a reason to empathize with the main yeah. character yeah. despite the f- like, other than the fact that he was um, there. It's a weird commercial for the cooked corn lobby. <laughs> Big corn. Big, big pot. <laughs> um, yeah, like, like if you think about it, that scene did nothing. Yeah. 
It's when he it's when he learned about video game. Well, it it could have cut when he went upstairs, yeah. no problem. We just got like an extra minute of like weird parent exposition, and especially because like the parents don't matter. Why do we learn about that? I mean, that was one of my favorite interactions in the movie. <laughs> Oh, oh, it was, it was objectively great as an isolated, Yeah, like, like it just didn't sequence. add any, it didn't add anything to the overall. Yeah, exactly. Like, in my, like, slightly truncated cut, I go yeah. like, oh, there's like 45 seconds that I can get back. Yeah. Um, the Soviets were recruiting gamers? Mm-hmm. Like, I love it, it's like. Loners with no friends and <laughs> alienated from their parents and society. <laughs> Perfect. Legitimately, I want to just take his description of the people the Soviets are targeting, targeting, and put that like as the backtrack for a synthwave. <laughs> like, oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> well, Activities it, it, uh, indicate marijuana or PCP. It, yes, and then just mood. <laughs> I've had a lot of authority figures uh, tell me that I seem like the kind of person that do, do, does drugs. <laughs> but buy our buy our Soviet bathwater. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. They should not have left him alone yeah. anywhere near they as much as they have did. Took him out of the the fucking holding room. Well, it, and then just bailed on him yeah. in it your office. So much is like he's even like nice computer. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna leave now. It's also, like, okay, like, like I'm just gonna you... type on this computer. No running in the war room. Uh. <laughs> It's like, it seems like this is a very appropriate place to run sometimes. And like, when they put him in that room with all of that shit that he'd need to break out of the room, mm-hmm. like, they should have tied him to something. No, no, see, that's that's the room that they test to see if you're a Soviet spy. It only tests the mid-range spies, though. Because <laughs> either not a spy or really good spy. Yeah. No. So, two alternate cut ideas of this movie that I had is, one is... He is literally Ferris Bueller. Yes, and I was. I, I wanted to take out my soapbox and 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 stand on this topic. I'm glad you've brought it up. Yeah, but 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 like even more so. Like I know, like we say, like yeah, it's a prequel to it and everything else like that. But I mean, like no, like a version where it is literally Ferris Bueller doing a thermal nuclear like war game. <laughs> like I'd watch that. Uh, the other version of this movie that I would been interested in watching is where he literally just plays a thermonuclear war game in his room with this AI, meanwhile cutting between the guys in the war room going, we don't know what the fuck is going on, why is this happening? And then just that. Oh, that's kind of cool. You want, like, the death note of war games? (laughs) Um, I I guess? I don't know. That actually does sound a lot like Death Note. I have not watched like Death Note. Like, one guy sitting in his room alone being very dramatic about writing. Isn't that the one where he's got, like, the... guy with big computer screens will, being like, what's going on? I will take this chip and eat it. I think that's that's that show, right? All the stuff with the demon I find kind of dumb, but all the, like, uh, Kaikaku means plan <laughs> stuff is pretty good. I, I've seen very, very little Death Note, so I can't really say. It's unfortunate that it is in so many ways like the er anime but it's not bad like it's it's enjoyable and like when like heather was watching it in the background a while back i got sucked into it and like it's a pretty good anime if you haven't seen very much anime and i think like passable yeah like the like, like the person that i saw seemed like fine like it really wants to be big brained 
it it wants to it big brains so hard. <laughs> like at one point, I had to big brain so hard that I outbrained myself until later when I rebrain myself. Oh yeah, because he... the other big brain guy will never see that coming. Oh yeah, because doesn't. doesn't he like erase his memory or some shit like that? <laughs> Yeah, because if you give up the death note, you lose all memory of the death note. So basically, if you can, like, throw the death note in such an arc that after you forget about it, it, like, smacks you in the back of the head later, you'll, like, remember it. Death. But can, like, have uh, a lot of fucking plausible deniability about what goes on in between those points. Fuck, I gotta watch Death Note again. That's gigabrained. Fuck. I'd, I'd watch it with you, Chris. It's gigabrained. You know what? Actually, I'd fucking love to rewatch Death Note. All right, new yep. podcast, everyone. We rewatch Death Note, <laughs> interspersed with disaster movies. Oh, yes! Legitimately, we should start a podcast called Kinkaku Means Plan, <laughs> where we just watch and review anime. Oh my god! I don't uh, think any of us care enough about anime to just make that pun. And also, I have to imagine somebody has that podcast name. Yeah. I I, I don't I don't watch enough anime to do that podcast, so. Lies. Why are you lying to us? Shauna, leave that that big long silence after you said that. Please leave that. If anything, extend it. Put in the Wii music or something. (laughs) The Wii shop music. Yeah. Guess are the fucking worst. We (laughs) Um You you sorry, it's uh it's Ferris Bueller is um uh, David Lightman. What was his name? David yeah, David Lightman. David Lightman. Uh, yeah, it's just like, there's so many obvious parallels. He's just obviously will eventually be Ferris Bueller after he has to change his identity because he knows too much. Yeah, when you started say at the start of this movie, when you started saying that, I was like, mm, seems like you're forcing it. But by the end, he was just like pushing his way through rooms full of generals and telling well, people what to do. Yeah. Well, like, what, and when they also, go to like, visit Falcon, he's literally like, it's like, they, they change identities of people who know too much. I'm like, haha. <laughs> well, <laughs> Victory. Uh, well, and like, um, scene where the, like, three FBI guys are on the elevator. The, th- uh, he's going to the elevator. The, like, ding at the top happens. Freeze frame, record scratch. You're probably wondering how I ended up here. (laughs) (laughs) Goes back to the beginning of the movie. Ferris Bueller's attitude makes a lot of sense if you think about it in the perspective of, like, two to three years ago, he almost blew up the world and hacked into NORAD, and then kind of goes like, I think I just walked away from that unscathed. Yeah, well, like, and, like, I, I think, think I, I can need do to live I life to its fullest now. Yeah, because I think, Spencer, you said, like, something like, oh, he saw the morality of the planet, therefore, like, he doesn't care. Now he's Ferris Bueller. Yeah, like, I'm gonna go learn how to swim. <laughs> you grew up in Seattle and don't know how to swim? Yeah. It's like, what, fuck you. Clear, blame, blame his parents. They don't seem to be good at this. Hey, they got him his own uh, phone. That was just such an appropriate moment for that kiss to happen. Like, during the, like, despondent moment where they felt like giving up and are sitting there talking about how, like, they had dreams for their own futures that aren't going to be fulfilled. Like, what an appropriate moment for the romantic tension to relieve itself. Yeah, okay, so, the, when the helicopter light flashes, like, right after that, 
because we were watching The Simpsons the other day, and it was like that yeah. that pool episode. And it's like, keep making out, ignore yeah. us, keep swimming uh, naked. Oh uh, come on! <laughs> yeah, like, just Chief Chief Wiggum in the helicopter. Yeah, was... teens go back to making out. Ignore the helicopter. <laughs> yeah. Um. The the climax of this movie is very very satisfying. Like watching the, like the computer just play the game over and over and over again and like learn futility that was that was cool mild light sensitivity warning yeah flashing yeah, lights my my one i think like my two complaints about that ending are we didn't need to have the star trek panels blow up i think we could have yeah. delivered <laughs> the i think we could have delivered the, the the emotional payload here by just having the computer go I don't think I'm going to blow everyone up we didn't need to have like three random CRTs blow up for no fucking why reason why is he in control of and the lights too it really bothered me that as the computer started guessing numbers or playing tic-tac-toe it sped up like it had gotten better at doing those things yeah, like well, no it would learning. assume a constant pace it's learning how to steal more uh, of the power so like CR like the computers blowing up and shit like that was dumb. The the stuff speeding up, um, movies are. That's all like it's it's forgivable. Like that's the fantasy of this of this movie. It's I, it's, that. it's visual language. Yeah, it's how that's you true. Give, it's how you give tension to somebody when he calls, computer he calls scene. them too. Well, and also right? like showing the thinking of the movie. Like it, that scene would not be nearly as interesting if it just kept the same pace for like four minutes. Yeah, that's her. It's just my like pedantic nitpick yeah. of like it. It would just it would just do all of this at a constant pace. I, I d also I love I love when she goes like it's randomly guessing numbers and it's going to take five and a half minutes yeah. to finish randomly guessing numbers. Well, and yeah. like it would have been so much better if they just like it's not randomly guessing numbers. It's just going through the whole thing like in a you know. Oh man, Tepper, you nailed this one. You're you're uh, you're doing it. Kiddo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk what 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 did he nail? I'm... Um, he he like called out a bunch of characters. He's like, "There's gonna be a general who like who like oh, makes yeah, bad yeah. calls." There's gonna be a. Char I think he. I think the term he used was "charming professor." I can't remember exactly. I probably said like "old professor." Shauna, go to like, the tapes. Also correct too, because he is an old professor. Uh, it's just like when, he died when, so young so sad how old was he 41 oh that's old so when she sees the picture of him she says he's amazing looking yes which is the strangest <laughs> she's got a daddy I think, fetish I know, he's definitively not i think like that's he, a he looks neg. really exactly like what you'd expect someone like that to look like <laughs> like a man who dedicated his life to teaching computers to play games guess, he, well, guess what yeah. she likes also, maybe all the all of the men she's ever interacted with look like her teacher, the principal, or uh, David's a, dad. A potential Doctor Who. So, like, it's like given given the current options, looks very good. Yeah, this movie was good. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I've exhausted most of my points. This is the point in the podcast where all you listeners get to fill in your middle bingo space of Tepper saying he doesn't have anything left to talk about. <laughs> oh, God. Someone should make bingo for our podcast. No one listens to do that.
Besides, our listeners only write erotic fan fiction. Do they? Yeah, that's how we've cultivated them. They write erotic... It's a really weird cross-section. What do they write erotic fan fiction about? Us. Making out with the movies. Oh. Yeah. That's kind of... Yeah, it's like a th- it's like an AU where we all live in a like big mansion with all the movies. That's a collaborative piece. Everyone's working on the same. <laughs> so, so what movie would you guys make out with? Ooh. Oh man, asking the real questions. <sighs> sounds, sounds like we should head to Tepper's top. <laughs> this so, one for sure. This I mean, a, this is honestly very, that's okay. very on point for Spencer. I was going to say like of all the, this is probably the most Spencer movie I've ever watched. Like there's so many His room is Spencer's room. Yeah. You subconsciously got your decorating like style from this movie. Probably the I oh. I know <laughs> like, like built-in shelves with stacks of books and electronics is just like so very oh this Spencer. movie is so Spencer he watches the movie every year so so that he can uh, keep making his room more and more like this one Garrett and I decided that I'm basically a gem fusion between the three guys at that video game store <laughs> like the main character the guy who says you're being an asshole and the asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I I'd probably make out with the Iron Giant. Chris? Oh man. I mean, I'd like to say Last Unicorn, but I think I'm gonna say Chipmunk Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. What about you, Tepper? Uh I guess Last Unicorn. Clockstoppers. It is my number one. Clockstoppers. <laughs> I feel like something kissed me, but I can't <laughs> see it. Oh, there it was again. <laughs> Hyper time. You smell so good. God, that movie was crazy. Yeah, that movie's so good. Oh. All right. Uh, in case anyone didn't catch the transition, we're in Tepper's Tops now. Do you want to play a game? I just, I, oh man, that was actually, it's just like, the computer just like, how about chess? It's just like, no, thermonuclear war. And it's just like, fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I, I knew this day would one day come. I would like to play a thermonuclear war. Um, yeah, so uh, throw this into the number three slot. Oh, damn. Knocking out the Iron Giant. Wow. I get it, though. I get it, especially once I heard you start talking about it. This hits all the Tepper cylinders. Yeah. yeah. It makes sense. It's basically Ferris Bueller's Day Off plus the Iron Giant. <laughs> yes. <Ooh. laughs> that is actually the most incredibly apt description of this movie I've ever heard. <laughs> like, legitimately, it's exactly 50% Iron Giant, 50% Ferris Bueller's yep. Day Off. I was yep. halfway through the sentence, I'm like, no, I just am correct. And, like, I think it happens in between those movies, like, like in time. Do you ever play, do you guys yeah. ever play that cell phone game from 10 years ago, Alchemy, where it's like you mix fire and water and you get mist and you're just trying to make all these things? I remember seeing yeah, you play yeah. it. Um, we should, we should, uh, make a movie version of that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the base ingredient is Kevin Bacon. Y- yes, exactly. <laughs> um, for the villain, I would say the computer is the villain. I, 
for our definition, probably. It's definitely the antagonist. Um, sometimes we get cutesy with it, but computer seems reasonable. It had a cute little face. <laughs> oh man, that guy that guy whose job it is to just like walk around it and yeah. check that it has LEDs. <laughs> like I don't know if that guy's living his best or worst life, but uh, so for this, I'd say put it into the number nine slot. Knocking out the Horned King from Black Cauldron, right below King Haggard from The Last Unicorn. I liked, uh, like, the computer was neat. Like, like it, it learning futility I thought was really interesting. Just the whole, like, like I'm, I want to win, and then understanding, like, the only winning move is to not play. Like, it had, like, a bunch of really good lines in yeah. this movie. It is a lot better than Dumb Computer from yes. Logan's Run. <laughs> yes. Um, we do have a business dad. Put War Computer to make it more obvious. Yeah, he's actually super businessy. I Are we talking about Falcon? I would assume, and not the father who may or may not actually have a job. The mother definitely has a job. I actually thought that, that the father... The actual father was really businessy, what with his like lack of involvement in his child's life. Yeah, yeah. And his constant like you know badgering. Yeah, Falcon at least like like he was literally doing the crossword when the 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 female lead showed up. Okay, so his business is crossword puzzles. Well, he doesn't go over the business, it's but, how but he the unwinds. point is, is like he's not involved in the kid's life. Okay. I- I believe his business is innovation in the field of um, butter application to corn. <laughs> he's a, he's a member of a, Big Butter. He's a visionary. He's at the top of his field. This is us going back to our roots of right. of business dads being revolutionary with with foodstuffs, oranges and eggs. All right, so we have corn business dad. I guess. Man, I keep forgetting who was the double down business dad from Airbud. Uh, it's the mother because she's right because she's working two jobs. Yes, yes. I always and forget. she she has a young daughter who disappears halfway through the movie. Oh, right, I forgot about her. <laughs> Wait, so she had mother. a daughter. Yeah, there's yeah, a, yeah. There's there, a daughter. There's a, yeah, yeah. There's like a six or eight year old. I, and then you like never see her again. I have. I mean, absolutely... they feed her to the dog. <laughs> He's a much more the the baby can't play basketball. There is a rule that says babies can't play basketball. I actually have no memory of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She Holy she was shit. there at like Christmas, and that's basically it. She's also like in the initial car scene, probably. Right. Christmas did happen. Yeah, it's when they got a dog that he had already had for several months. Right, yeah, I kind of remember that. Man, it's that, that movie just fucking... Is a single line. It's like two scenes. Yeah, that's the whole movie. Uh, yeah, so for this business dad, I would say... um, Number six slot. Wow. Knocking out Double Down right below Used Car from Matilda. Yeah, like, a lot of the other business dads, like, give a shit about their kids. Yep. And he doesn't really give a shit. He was happy about the grades. He was content. <laughs> he was relieved. He was contented by the grades. Like, like, but like me is, like, the report card had to be kind of, like, shoved in front of his face of, like, hey, look what your son's doing. Yeah, he definitely wished, wishes he was probably, like, 
a 50s dad. Yeah. It's just like, oh, people are try- starting to expect things of me as a parent. Feminism. Not even once. Clip that out, Shauna, <laughs> for when we eventually need to cancel Tepper. <laughs> Do it. Cancel me. How could you possibly justify artist who sells junk business dad being at the bottom? Because he's the most he's dad. The, he's the best dad. Because So this is, the top is the most business and the bottom is the most dad. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That does make sense. It's a sliding yeah, yeah, scale. Yeah. He is the best father anyone has ever had in these movies. Yes. Right. Okay. And that makes sense because ethical science business dad is in the middle. Yes. Yeah, whereas unethical like, science pretty even, even parts. <laughs> I didn't even realize we had both. Who is oh right from Clarkson. unethical science? It's number three. The guy who did from, the semen milkshake. Yeah. yeah the, 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 oh god, damn the guy it. from Twins who creates a perfect man and accidentally creates a, a awful man and then yells at him about it. Yeah. Yeah. With the semen milkshake. You're evil because of genes. What was it? All like like what was it? Like six or seven different Olympic athletes. Yeah, no, we got the most impressive eight dudes. <laughs> Shake it together. Pour it in. We had them all come in this funnel. <laughs> <laughs> At the same time. All right, is, uh, listeners, are you excited for Arnie April this year? <laughs> Just a couple of bros, you know. <laughs> um. Oh. Uh, we add David and Jenny to Never in the Glory, probably. Man, don't yeah. give him any computers or fucking anything. So uh, yeah, I mean, against this current set, he's kind of out of luck. Nobody's bringing any tech. Well, Trey Fisher has a bunch of weapons. Yeah, but they're not digital. That's fair. He, he can probably figure something out. And Jenny does do aerobics. Yeah, and so can watch swim. out for that. It's true, and we do now have the headcanon that David will eventually become Ferris Bueller. So anything's possible. Yeah. Oh no, we've already incorporated time travel too. Emily. <laughs> this is the worst. <laughs> this is the worst. The best, I think you mean. All right, I think anything else that does us here. I doubt any rankings changed. Chris's villain lead gets extended, I think. I went down a little bit, but I'm still in... I'm just behind Alistair, but he only brought a single movie, so... Yeah. And then then Spencer. Spencer's closing. Yeah. Brings the strong movies. Very, very little Spencer representation in the the bottom half. Yeah. Except for Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, that's been a lot of fun. It was a good movie. Uh, yeah, I, I I really like that. Yeah, let's give it a rating. I'm gonna rate this. You know, I could have thought of this earlier in the episode. Um, I'm gonna rate this uh, uh, every phone number in town one call at a time. Uh, this movie originally got an F, but I hacked in and changed it to an A. Oh, <laughs> oh the good one. Kudos. Um, 
the only winning move is to not rate this movie. Aw, oh, that was mine. I knew that one was going to go away. <laughs> That's why I never think ahead. Wasn't there one episode where, like, two other people stole the one, like, stole the one yes. you were going to do, and then you're yeah. back up? Yes. That's why. That's when I just stopped bothering to think ahead. <laughs> While Ivan thinks, uh, did you guys know that there's a Philips CDI game based on a one-season Hulk Hogan television show that both includes the television show and interactive light gun sequences? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Um, Never stop talking about this. <laughs> Especially if the sentences just keep going like that, or they just keep heightening. We're going to end up in space pretty soon. This is the Fast and Furious franchise of Wikipedia pages. Oh, fuck. So, actually, like, speaking of games, I'm trying to remember the name of it, but there is actually uh, a really neat video game I've played a couple times that, like, simulates nuclear war. Where, like, you go, like, like phase one is, like, you take control of a faction out of the United States or, like, the Soviet Union, and you, like, place your installations, uh, where your nuclear subs are gonna go, what, like, nuclear bases you have and where, and then, like, phase two is just, you fucking nuke each other. And there is a game called DEFCON, but it that, might not that's be that the one. one. That's the one. It's DEFCON. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I actually kind of want to play that game again, because... I didn't play too much of it, but it was pretty fun. Yeah, I played a very small amount of it. Um, I can't stop thinking about Hulk Hogan now. <laughs> <laughs> Just this movie no longer exists. Nothing happened. I was actually trying to give you time to think. <laughs> <laughs> no. Like, I was, I was being legitimate in what I said. <laughs> no. No, no point in my life has mattered up until now. Uh, I give this movie password pencil. Best I got. Otherwise, it's Hulk Hogan out of out of light gun. You could you could always go with like sixty nine million dead. Uh, it was sixty nine percent of the housing. If you were gonna make an oh right no so, so, yeah it's super nice um if you were gonna make an AI would you like program it like it was basically like Zork like whenever he was talking to it I was expecting he would be like get missile <laughs> okay so like no unless uh, you like tell me that uh, the fundamental premise is that this computer is going to be like communicate with other computers by me picking up the phone and putting it onto a phone shaped thing that's connected to the computer. Fair enough. I feel like once you give me that piece of information, it's like really appropriate that it goes like, hello, master. And you're like, hello, computer. <laughs> you are facing north. Would get, you like to play thermonuclear war? Get get missile. You were eaten by a Gru. <laughs> Fuck, how do I get out of this tree? What about Uber? But thermonuclear war. <laughs> <laughs> this is my new app. Everyone kept... Sniffing their nose like they'd done cocaine. Did anyone else know that? Notice that? I did not notice that. There was a sniffing in this movie. I mean, there was one. There was one blat. There was two blatant references to marijuana, and one maybe reference at the very beginning. There was also a reference to PCP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was at the same time as one of the marijuana references, but yeah. Uh, I give this movie 
uh, one flying pterodactyl out of one flying helicopter. Good enough. I hope Shauna leaves that all in. <laughs> uh, as always, I've been your host, Ivan. I'm Chris. I'm Spencer. And I'm Tepper. And a special thanks to 8 Jazz for the use of our theme song. You can find them on YouTube or follow the link in the description. Mm-hmm.